Welcome to the Ministry Central Leadership Podcast. Ministry Central is the official United Pentecostal Church International online resource designed to develop and enhance your ministry. Through the teaching and wisdom of experienced apostolic leaders, Ministry Central will equip you to pursue the call of God on your life. In this podcast, you will learn important principles, concepts, and ideas from apostolic leaders who are on the front lines of ministry, making a difference in their leadership and calling. I'm your host, Darren Sargent, and this is the Ministry Central Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Ministry Central Leadership Podcast, and today I am super excited to have my good friend, Kenneth Stewart, in the studio with us today. Kenneth, we go way back. You probably shouldn't tell them how far back. Well, I know how old at least we are. in the Stone Ages. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they had running water back then other than just brooks. Yeah, or, that's it. Um, 1987, I showed up on the Christian Life College campus, and you were a, I think you were a junior. Yes, I would have been. Yeah. You graduated in? In, in, in 89. 89. Yeah, so All right. You have a good memory. Yeah, well, you know, some of You're us. Not that old. Yeah, I'm not as old as some <laughs> of us. But uh, Brother Stewart serves as our North American Missions Director of Promotions. Uh, tremendous friend, incredible leader, tremendous communicator, and it's just good to have you on the well, on the to podcast today. Appreciate so what you do at Ministry Central. Now, I want to I want to kind of go back. Let's yes. go back. So when you came to Bible College, you would have come in 1985. That is correct. Okay. Did you come straight from the mission field? Straight from the mission field. 18 okay. years old, straight from Liberia, West Africa. I think a lot of times people ask me knowing that my family's from Florida, why did you go to school in California? But at that time, any school in America, my family would have been thousands of miles away. So, so it didn't matter. California or any other state didn't matter. Yeah. Now, I can remember, you know, we were only in school together for a couple of years, but um, I often go back to that time from 87 okay. to 91 for me, for 85 to 90, 89 for you. Yes. The influence of that church, no doubt, and the leadership of Brother no Haney, that. no doubt. Uh, talk a little bit about that in your words. What was the influence? You came from the mission field, I did. so yeah, your experience. I come from Podunk, Idaho, yeah. okay, Southern Idaho. So anything of that magnitude was much, much larger yes. than anything. Yeah. So maybe speak to that and how it influenced you. Well, I as think a, first of all, I think leader. on a personal level, I think my time at COC, I, I feel like you never know what could have happened, but I feel like if I'm not going to COC that I would still be in church somewhere serving in a service, serving in some sort of capacity, but I don't, I had no desire to go into ministry. In my mind, um, ministers were poor and came from a family on the mission field with nine kids. I was like, I'm going to be an attorney, nothing against a professional career. But it wasn't my calling I knew, but I was running from my calling. So my time at CLC really put the, the reaffirmed my commitment to ministry. And then the second thing it did, Brother Haney was such a visionary. He yeah, was talking about building his church to hold 6,000 people. And our movement at that time, no one thought about that big church was two or 300 people. No one thought like him. 
and just being there and being part of that vision. And, and, it was, and incredible. It, it was just, it was, it was very much so. So that's, I think going there just solidified my walk with God, my calling to ministry yeah. and increased my vision to think, man, anything is possible. And, and brother Haney had the ability to do that. It and, is, yeah. you know, that church during, during those, those years of the eighties was in pretty incredible revival. Yeah, they were. Uh, I well, can remember some amazing services. It was a great place to kind of just, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, like I said, I come from a very small district, yeah, yeah, smaller yeah, church. Yes, yes. And when I got there to see the expanse, no yeah, no doubt, no doubt, Seen and the vision yes, that yes. this church put into our heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. from that, I loved his pastoral leadership yeah, class. No doubt, yeah, when yeah, he was there, yeah, 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 <laughs> no, definitely so. But I think you know one thing I remember about that time too. I remember that we were when I was there, the church was growing by hundreds of people. But I yeah. think one thing even impacted me now in my work with North American Missions. Way back then, Brother Haney was talking about points of lights and daughter worked in the community. He had about twenty of them that started over various areas in the around the that Stockton area. Just a few weeks ago, I was back in California. Actually, I was in Sonora speaking for the men's um, conference for the church there for CLC. And there in Sonora, almost two hours away from Stockton, I met the pastor, and he was a point of light that was sent out what in the mid eighties when Is I the was pastor there. Mike Moore, yes, yeah, Brother yeah, Moore, yes, and he he was from Idaho, yeah, he was, but he was a point of light sent out back then by Kenneth Haney, and he's still in Sonora, wow, with an apostolic church, wow. So it just brought it home again that he was a visionary, not just to build an amazing church in Stockton, but he had that vision of building that network of churches that would impact for hundreds of miles around Stockton, California. I'm going to put you on the spot. I told you it was kind of be off the cuff yeah, questions yeah, here. No but it, with that in regard, not and not just Brother Haney, I mean, we're going to talk later about your different influences in yeah. your life. But talk to me about the importance of, you know, you're, you're working weekly yes. with church plants. That, that is correct. In your in your opinion, how important is that initial influence of someone like a brother Haney, someone like a brother Bernard, someone like you know an Anthony Mangan? I could go down the list. Uh, how important is that to the success of a church plant or a church planner? It's vital because I think in any new endeavor, the trajectory you start with. Determines where you end up. So if you start out at like a fifteen percent incline, and you you and that's your vision, that's your dream, you're never going to achieve. But if you start out kind of running wide open, believing God, almost a ninety degree angle going straight up, even if you achieve forty five degrees, you do some amazing things. We as human beings are limited by our exposure. Sure, we're limited by our experiences. We're limited sometimes by our resources and our thought patterns. Yeah. So being exposed to someone that has been there someone that could mentor you, someone that has a bigger vision than you, impacts you in a way to believe for great things yeah, that yeah. you never would have thought possible on your own. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's one of the, when I see people that are not connected, you know, to someone, you know, a, a pastor or a mentor, someone that can help them with that vision, you know, they, I think they flounder because they're depending upon their own ideas and vision only, sure. which can limit what God can do through them. You know, uh, I was, as you were talking about it, you know, years ago, the concept of a church plant is, you know, a family just got in a U-Haul or got in a station wagon, yes. packed it up, moved to a city and just cut it out. Yes. Just yes, yes, yes. built that yeah, yeah. without 
any support, without any help. Well, that's shifted now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in an age where we're really talking about teams going yeah, in, yeah, about yeah. the support. Um, in well, your opinion, some of that pioneer, I'll just, let me speak for myself. Some of that pioneer mentality, these guys just did it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I know times have changed. Yes. But how how important is it? And you can talk maybe about launch with yes, this. Yes. How important is it that team concept or that sending yes, concept yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of okay, responding to a call at yes. a general conference or a conference and I'm going. I'm going to a city. Well, you know what's interesting about that is we've come up with a lot of great programs at NAM the last year that we think are just revolutionary. Launch being one yeah. that uh, came in under Jimmy Tony. Yeah. Then we're we're doing a better job. We're trying to recapture some of the history of NAM. And much to our surprise, we're finding out these perhaps may not be new concepts. They were there in the, in the and we got away from, give you a good example, you know, launch. We talked about going to a city, mm-hmm. you know, building relationship, establishing a team. I came across a quote from Jack Yance just the other day where he says, if you're going to go out and play in a church, don't have a service for 12 months. Go wow. into the city. So he was already thinking so this way. I'm like, you know, we're thinking. And then, you know, another thing that I think you, you talk about that pioneer spirit. Yeah. You know, I've talked to, uh, like, matter of fact, Doug Davis Sr. In, in, in New York. I talked to him in the early 70s. UPC had a program called Tent Makers. And they would literally advertise in the Pentecostal Herald and say, these are the church planners starting, you know, this this month or this year coming up. These are their needs. Yeah. Is there anyone that will go help them establish this church? Wow. And he tells a story about wow. when he started there in Long Island, he didn't have anyone. And a young lady was graduating from Bible college, read the article in the Pente- Pentecostal Herald and moved from Texas to New York. And not for her. She was the first Sunday school teacher. She was the first, That's you know, amazing. and so stayed there 50 years. And he said, we couldn't build the church. And then she got married and her husband helped them. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, some sure. of the ideas that we are trying to bring and people look at it and say, well, that's a different way. And I, and I think we lost a lot of years with that parachute Lone Ranger model. Yeah. I think um, yeah. we, 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 we lost some good people. Now, you know, some people may not have had the right motive. Some people, you know, weren't as committed to doctrine and should again, but some people, we just yeah. burned them out. Yeah. And, and in the process, I would agree. You know, we, we kill their ministries, we kill their marriages, we, yeah. we, and, and they never recovered from it. And so, you know, my wife and I, we planted a church in Tampa, Florida. We started with just, you know, my wife and I and our three girls, three young daughters. That's all we had, yeah. you know, and the church is still there today. What year did you start that? We started that in 2006. Okay. 2006, okay. we started that church. And still for the thriving Yeah, day. still thriving, doing well. And so I know I, we've done it. So don't, uh, yeah. those listening say, hey, I did it. I, we did it too. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I don't want anyone else to go through what my family went through, what my girls went through, my wife went through, digging that church. I thank God that we were able to do it. Sure. And if you don't have anyone else, and God, God will equip you, God will keep you. So I'm not yeah. mis- I'm not trying to minimize the fact that God will t- mm-hmm. equip you and keep what he's called you to do. But as the church as a whole, the mission is for all of us. So sure. how can we work together sure. to achieve the Great Commission in North America. I I think personally, <clears throat> I was involved in the origination of the launch program yes. uh, when it started. Brother Tony was director, and he brought several of us in, and we kind of talked it over and was able to kind of be a part of that yes, for a few yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, so enjoyed it. The launch program to me is probably one of the greatest. Oh, I agree, no doubt about that. That has yeah. been uh, put into yes. the system. Yes, and. 
maybe for those that maybe aren't familiar with Launch, maybe explain a little okay. bit about okay. what it is, just so people can understand. Well, Launch is a two-and-a-half-day class we hold every March. It's a two-and-a-half-day course. Okay. You have about 10 hours of pre-work. What I think what makes a Launch different is Launch is inspiration, but it's yeah. also practical Yeah, teaching. very practical. You know, we have a lot of conferences, and we need them. Focus yeah. strictly on inspiration. But if you're going to play in a church, you need to hear from people that have done it, yeah. And you need to, and you know what pitfalls and things to like the best lesson at it, launch. It, it pushes, it pushes people years ahead. It does, it does, no doubt. I wish I had launch when I started. Oh, you man. Know, Scott Sistron's class on foundational oh, families. I was just going to talk about yeah. that. That's and, an incredible class. And the need to, um, to develop foundational families yeah. as a foundation in the core. You know, second thing, you know, I, I was named director in Florida for nine years. Okay. But by halfway in, I had to apologize to my church planners and I said, listen, I've been pushing to have a good church. I'm not going to push you to have good systems. You know, my whole emphasis initially is that, hey, you know, let's get them, let's get music, let's get, we're going to have a yeah. thriving, don't get me wrong, I believe in that sure. thriving and sure. powerful apostolic service. But as a church, man, you don't have good systems of record keeping so and follow up. So good. And I said, you know, if I can teach you to have good systems, yeah. along with having good church, you're going to build an apostolic church without good systems. You know, yeah. it's not going to happen. One of the things that, uh, one of the reasons I, you really wanted you to be on this podcast today is to talk a little bit about launch because we've put pre-launch the the launch yes, button no is all on ministry it is it is and it's and all free it all it's all free and i would tell everyone that's watching this or listening to this today if you're not watching it is on youtube i'll give all that information uh on youtube but uh that foundational families by brothers brother yes, Strunk no doubt is one of the most incredible it is, it is no doubt lessons on building people in a church and the importance of those foundational. In my opinion, every pastor ought to watch I, no, no matter the age of the church, I was going to exactly. say that. Yeah. And that's the one thing I love about Ministry Central, you know, is that the tools are there to equip your local church. And even if you aren't currently looking at planning a church, the principles that we have the oh. North American Missions page on the, yeah. the pre-launch work, and then the new one is the launch button. It's a one-button um, solution to take you phase by phase through growing a church. And it's incredible. And yeah. it continues to grow. It does. Yeah. Continue to add content yeah. on yeah. there. So if you, if you want to know more about this, we'll put it in the show notes, but also just want to tell you, go to, go to ministrycentral.com, uh, push on the NAM button in the course catalog. It'll take you to the NAM page. There's a video that you need to watch by Brother Sistrunk right on the top of the page, but also, uh, go to the launch button and, just go through those. Yeah, Find yeah. foundational families. Uh, you teach something on there. I can't remember which yeah, one it well, is. Yeah, I do one on bivocational pastoring. Oh, tremendous. Because um, you, also you should, had to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire time I passed, you know, I was that, bivocational. That's Let's talk about that because yeah. I think that's an important concept because probably a lot of people is, listening yeah. or watching this yeah. are like, we're doing that. We're yeah. doing But talk to that. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting when I pastored, people would ask me, are you full-time in ministry? And I would say, yes. I wasn't trying to be facetious or lie to them. I looked at my job, sure. even when I worked in the corporate world or when I had my own business as being part of my ministry. And my God, I, I believe the Bible says, take up your cross daily and follow me. I have one cross. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not a, I don't wear one hat as a pastor, one as a business owner, one as an employee. It's all part of my walk with God, ministry with God. So I viewed my my work as a, um, you know, you know, as part of my ministry. Now, sure. I, I do believe in full time ministry because for one reason, even you go to get a loan, one thing the bank's going to look at and say, "Hey, is there an executive here that's can support?" Because if they know if yeah. something happens to that founding pastor, 
who's bivocational, nobody's going to come take the church potentially from the, from the bank's point of view. You know, personally, you know, my goal was I was always going to be working a bivocational, but we started hiring full-time staff in the church. So we had, so, you know, I think there's a couple ways you can look at it as the yeah. church grows. But for me, um, every contact I made, you know, Bible studies I taught came through my work. You know, and you know, involved. Well, you in the had community. that connection with the community. And the community that's exactly it, yeah. and getting involved in the community and getting to know. And so, business donations. We had major donations come to the church to even help us survive financially through people I met. You know, through my work and through my business. So, I, I think what we have to get away from is looking at bivocational ministry as just added stress and added. Look as part of your ministry. Yeah. You know, granted, you're not going to your church maybe five days a week like you would like to. But don't view that job exactly as anything but a chance to minister. That's true. And as an extension of the ministry that God has called you. But it does teach you, you know, time management. Mm-hmm. But it's busy people that get things done. So yeah. even yeah. though it's difficult. You want to get something done, find a busy yeah, person. That's what you got to do. And so you have a family to take care of. And you got to align your life with the proper values. You know, we yeah. say all the time, you know, God first, marriage, family, you know, and then, you know, ministry. Yeah. But a lot of times we revert that and have ministry at the top. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Don't, your family, should, if you put the right values in place, your family won't suffer and your church won't suffer and your, your job won't suffer because yeah. you're working on the right priority list and That's that good. keeps it all in Great balance. Great advice. Great advice. Uh, let's switch gears here for a moment as we kind of maybe start ramping down on this. Um, talk to me about early influences in your life and ministry. Yes. Uh, we've already mentioned Brother Haney, yes. but I'm sure there's more. And then fast track to where we are now. Okay. And I want to hear the influences now because we all should be getting influenced. Yes. I, I, I know I'm probably yeah, one yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, of course. You're, you're top on the list for me. <laughs> no, actually, you, you say that jokingly, but I think that um, having peers that are doing good yeah. is an influence too. Sure. You know, and Absolutely. you and I work together here at headquarters, but knowing each other since 1987, it's good yeah. to. It is. Have friends that I it is. and I have friends I still look up to, and I have yeah. friends that I get advice, and I have friends that that are peers. So I, you know, I think for me, what's important to me, you should always have someone who's ahead of you in life, has yes. done more that you look up to, that you reach up to. Yes, you have peers that are more or less on the same level that can also be an influence in your life and speak yeah. into your life, and then you have um, people you're reaching back to help. Exactly. To bring exactly. So that's very vital to me. You know, I would say we always need to have a hand, yeah. <laughs> extra hand of moving forward, yeah. what reaching back. <laughs> I, I'm trying my yeah. best here. <laughs> we can grab grab onto your arm yeah. there. But you know, of course, you know, early in life, you know, my father being a, my first pastor and growing up in a missionary home. My father was a great influence on me and my pastor in Panama City, Alan Crabtree, you know, still is yeah. a, you know, a, a great influence, you know, in my life. And then when we moved to Tampa, you know, I was about six hours away. My father was overseas from my, um, from me. And, you know, and I went to James Wolf there in Tampa. I want you to be my pastor because even though I still consider Alan Crabtree my pastor, he was over 300 miles away. And I believe a pastor should be someone who can look you in the eyeballs. You know, yeah. just this might be controversial to say, but when I meet people and they're only pastors halfway across the country, I'm like, there's no accountability. They don't know what's going on in your life. Yeah. And I told Brother so Wolf, I said, you know what? I'm giving my wife permission to call you if I'm working too much or anything is out of balance. And over the years, yeah. especially earlier in our marriage, Brother Wolf, t- she took liberty of that. I get a call from Brother Wolf, hey, your wife called. You know, <laughs> we need to, can we meet? Can we talk? So if you don't have someone in your life that can call you in. You know, I did something. This is kind of off off the subject, but it stays there, but kind of veers a little bit. Uh, when my children were growing up, 
I desperately wanted to be dad. Yes, yes. And I, I, I remember specifically when I did this with my son. He had he had just gone to the youth group, and took him to someplace special to eat. Brought his the children's pastor we had at that time. Brought his youth pastor we had at that time. And I basically I wrote him a letter. We ate good. We I think we went to Roos Chris or something yeah, like yeah, that. It yeah. was a special. Yeah, I yeah, made it yeah, special. Yeah. And had each of them speak into his life, and it was a powerful moment. But I told him, I said, I, I called his name Carson. I said, here are a list of five men that I trust that if you have an issue that you feel like you can't talk to dad, who's your pastor, you know, that we were pastor in a church at the time. I said, I give you permission to talk to them. That's awesome. And I said, they know that they're selected and they also know that they won't divulge anything yeah, unless yeah, yeah. it's a sin issue, it's a life yeah, issue yeah, that I yeah. need to be, my wife yeah, and I yeah, need yeah, to be yeah. with. That's, that's, and I think that's, awesome. that's important, it that is. proximity yeah, that you talk yeah, about, yeah. because sometimes we can we can say, oh, yeah, that's my pastor, yeah. but we're never engaged. Yeah, 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 no, don't know what's going on. Can't look yeah. in the eyeballs. Because when you have a real mentor or pastor in your life, they see, you at, tell you. They see you at church, or they, see you, they can look at you and tell yeah. something's off, you're out of balance. Yeah. And, and so many people, they stray so far away out of balance. They don't even realize where they are until it's too late. So I think that's very, very, you know, yeah. extremely. You know, Nathan, uh, David, the psalmist, gave Nathan access to yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was able to point his finger. Yeah. We all need somebody that'll yeah, yeah, point their finger in our face. Yeah, yeah, do that. And say, you know, you're the man. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it, that's it, it, you you got to do that. Well, man, this is this has just been, I think, an, an excellent podcast. And I, I think we, we're going to have to do a follow-up. Well, I'd love to do that. I think we can keep on talking and talking and talking. Yeah. And But to all those that are out there, uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate you're listening and watching yeah. before we close it down. I'm just going to ask one more question of brother Stewart. If, if you were sitting at a table with a young minister, just starting out, maybe just graduating yeah. from Bible college or launching a church, what are the top two or three things that you would tell them? Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I, when I've had a chance to talk to a, a young minister or a recent, you know, Bible college grad, first thing I always tell them is one thing that Bible school or no one ever prepared me for is what happens when you fall. Yeah. And the Bible Ooh. says, rejoice down against me, O my enemy, when I fall, yeah. I shall arise. And nothing prepared me for some of the curveballs life throws at you. Yeah. And I think what defines you is get back up when you fall. Get back. You know, my wife and I have been married, you know, 32 years this year. And, you know, we thank God, you know, for our, you know, beautiful granddaughter, you know, that we have. Oh, yes. Nora's, Nora, Nora's kind of talk like about that. it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But before we had Nora, our first would have been grandson. He he died in his mother's womb. And oh. going through that, I 2019, I lost my 40 year old brother in, in a tragic mm-hmm. death. And so those are probably two events that probably impacted me personally the most. Sure. My, my, would have been my grandson and my brother. And, mm. and but knowing that tough times are going to come, but God's going to be faithful and get back up again. Yeah. I think that sometimes some people have some things happen to them and they don't know that it's just part of life. You know, you just got to, when you fall, just get back up. I shall arise. You know, yeah. he, he, made, he, he made that proclamation. And then I think, you know, secondly, I always try to tell them is do the best you can with everything you do. We live in a world too much, too many people just, Put in half an effort, yeah. be mediocre, and I believe being excellent. You know, uh, you know, and I I tell them all the time: plan to be the best husband you could be, the best father. If you work a job, let God lead you. Make the most money you can make. You know, let God 
be creative. You have a business. Let God lead you and guide you. Don't limit what God can do sure. in your life. And, you know, and having that vision of, you know, being the best that, that you can be. And the third thing I think that I, I talk a lot about is that iceberg effect. You know, sometimes we live in a world that gets very superficial, what you see above the surface. Yeah. You know, 80% of the iceberg is below, below the, surface. the surface. And that's where most of people- social media has played yeah, such it a has. Uh, negative It has been, yeah, for that, that fakeness we, in that, yeah. You know, we, we, play to the, we play to the light. Yeah, we do. We do. And so, but what's happening beneath, beneath the surface, you know, because 90% of your ministry is developed not behind the pulpit. So true. You know, and so being a person of integrity, you know, and keeping your walk with God straight and not allowing mm-hmm. external influence to take you off that course, having that vision and, you know, and getting back up again uh-huh. and trusting God. And yeah. there's going to be twists and turns and look like detours and setbacks. But I tell you what, if you keep following God and trusting God, God will take you places you can't imagine, open doors you can that's, never see. That's so and, true. And you'll be in places, you know, you'll be surprised where, where God will lead you. As a matter of fact, if he showed you where you were going to go, you wouldn't trust him to follow that, him. Ain't that the truth? You'd be scared. I don't know about you, but that last three or four minutes was worth this podcast. And I would encourage you to share this, subscribe, wherever you're listening to your podcast, watching it on YouTube. I will put all the details in the show notes. God bless. Thanks again, Brother Stewart. I Thank so, you. so enjoyed this. Thank man. you very much. Honored I would call you what I usually call you. Yeah. Since we're we'll on keep official, we got to get it. I I really want apostles. God bless everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Ministry Central Leadership Podcast. To learn more, visit us at ministrycentral.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please take a moment, help us by sharing and subscribing to this podcast. May God richly bless you. We will see you in the next episode of the Ministry Central Leadership Podcast.